gosh, ghastly green guys got in our grill. Pretend I continued this G-alliteration this week on Hapless Heroes. Green hands. Welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast Quarantine Edition. I'm Francesco, and tonight I'm going to be your host and DM for this ghastly adventure. I have a wonderful cast of characters that I will introduce in order their portraits on my Roll20 screen, and that is, uh, to my left, Mike is Rovin Tossbottom. Hello! John is Hondo the Immortal. So we just kill these things, right? Dave is Sir Delam Rook. Absolutely. And Phil as Malek. Let's send these creatures back where they belong. Yeah, so speaking of sending creatures back where they belong, last week you guys uh, had explored that you know, ritual or ceremonial preparation room and found that uh, Malek was actually uh, sealed inside of one of these magical sarcophagi that he's been using to you know, perform rituals to let the undead pass on to the afterlife. Uh, someone knocked him out, stuffed him in there, and you guys managed to get him out after mildly robbing him of a few of his possessions. Oh. <laughs> um, once the infighting settled down, you guys ventured further on into this um, hidden temple dungeon situation that is, you know, where the river sticks runs through. And as you were exiting out and heading west, before you were able to cross a bridge over one of the inlets from this river Styx, uh, you saw across from you a bunch of ghastly creatures. Definitely not very living. With these glowing hands and I'm sorry, glowing green hands. Green hands. Glowing green hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they are looking at you not very happily. So what I'm going to do here is we're going to start this episode by rolling initiative. Wow, you guys, you guys squeaked by. Look, Robin, you initiative tiebreakered the enemies. Yeah, I did. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that's fortunate for all of you. So, Malek, we're going to actually start with your turn. You are um, staring down these terrible undead things uh looks like they're about well the closest one is about 45 feet from you across i actually want to target the guy right behind him kind of in the middle of the pack yeah sure so yeah they're kind of all arranged uh, all white right next to each other blocking off the hallway ahead and kind of even spilling over along to the riverbank and i'd like to cast guiding bolt at him sounds good so yeah you cast a guiding bolt at the center um let's go ahead and see that roll a 10. Um, if you look, though, seeing how it's highlighted in red, that's actually a nat one, my friend. Uh, oh, shit. I'm going to move over to the side. Um, um, yeah, well, hold on, hold on, hold of on. Of course, yeah. 
You mean I can't just uh, scoop out? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, the guiding bolt actually sails off to the south and uh, doesn't hit anything. Yay. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead and where well, you said you're just going to sidestep and move. Yeah. So slight, slightly to the north, I'm approaching the bridge. Yeah, so uh, so I'm, I'm at the edge of the water. Yeah. And um, I only moved up probably about 10 feet or so. Okay. No worries. Okay. Um, well, in that case, uh, any bonus actions, anything else on your turn? Like? Um, I don't think so. I'm going to see what these guys are doing. All right. Uh, Sir Delamrook, it is now your turn. Okay, so um, Sir Delamrook is going to start his turn with a 30-foot move. So you're just, are you just moving straight ahead? Uh, yes, straight ahead across the bridge. Yes, advancing into danger. As a bonus action, we are going to use Blessing of the Raven Queen. It is a bonus action. I can magically teleport up to 15 feet to an unoccupied space I can see and gain resistance to all damage until the start of my next turn. Until that time, you appear ghostly and translucent. And it resets on a short rest. Ooh, nice. Very cool. So yeah, you're assuming you're going to teleport right to the front line there. Yep, that 15 feet. And that still leaves you in action, my friend. Yes, it does. And with that, we will take the uh, attaction, as it were, uh, with uh, two attacks uh, with the packed great sword against the uh, front rank, uh, whatever he is. I'm glad the attaction has... Uh, holy shit. Oh, nice. And that's a uh, crit for the first one. So that's 24 slashing damage, plus one and a half, rounding down to one necrotic from the life trigger. Correct, because it is resistant. Um, and I go up to 95 hit points. Sounds good. Yeah, this thing took a and beating then, from that hit. Yep, and then the second attack was a 22 modifier, or modified 22. And that gives uh, 11 slashing plus one necrotic. And Sir Delmore goes to 96 hit points. Well, darn. Yeah, so um, this thing looks like within an inch of its own life. And it looks like that would be your turn. Yep, that's my action. So we're going to move on to Hondo. Uh, Hondo will move uh, 30 feet forward um, and drink some of his whiskey, which should, uh, again, turn him invisible for six seconds. For one round, you are now invisible. <laughs> Fantastic. Or until you take uh, or until you attack or cast a spell, which you can't do the latter. Yep. Yep. Um, now this is this is a very limited effect, and it's not gonna you know eventually you're gonna run out of this you know uh, effective potency of the mixture in your whiskey. But for now, yes, it is working. It is a tangible effect that gets him by until his next combat round. That's correct. Anything else, Hondo? You've you've taken your move. Yeah. No. Could technically dash, and they wouldn't know you're there until your next turn. Can I do that while also drinking the whiskey? I mean, you, you already took the swig of the whiskey, right? So. Yeah, I'm just making sure it doesn't count as an action. You know, normally it would, but I like it. 
like, if I were sitting behind the screen and you tried to campaign to me that Hondo was such an experienced drinker that it's <laughs> for him where it wouldn't be right. for someone else, I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so too. Cool. So you know what? You do that. You can dash right into the fray and they are none the wiser. Okay. Um, any, that'd be, looks like that sounds like your turn, Hondo, right? No bonus actions or anything like that that you're trying to do? Nope. Okay. Roven, your turn. Roven skulks over the bridge and he... Really like that you use the uses uh, skulk. Skulk. Well, I'm, I, I do have the feet of skulker, so I am skulking <laughs> and... I go 50 feet, so I use both my my actions to uh, to go to behind. We mean both your actions. You mean you're using a cunning action? My move, my move, and my action. Sorry. Okay, so you're you're using your action to dash, right? Because I don't think cunning action gives you correct. Dash. Right. Okay. Wait, what? Dodge, disengage, hide. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Okay. Yeah. So that was your action to dash. So yep. Yeah, so I move and then I dash and then I'm using my bonus action to hide behind Sir Rook. You do that. And that is my turn. Okay. These creepy dudes are going to have their shot here. So there's um, about three that I can actually make up the front lines and actually become adjacent to any of you because they're not floating. They have legs. Um, You know, these look like you're, I would say, more than your run-of-the-mill zombie undead. Um, these are like very pale skinned humanoid creatures. Like they're wearing armor and weapons, um, but they are very much dead. And again, you know, their hands are glowing this greenish light. Greenish, greenish light. light. I love you. Um, and we're going to say that two of them are adjacent to Sir Rook, and both of them will attempt to first reach out those glowing green hands. Green hands. Glowing green hands. (laughs) And an 8 is not going to hit, but a 20 will? Question mark? A 20 will. Okay. Um, Please make me a uh, constitution saving throw. An 11. Okay, so a couple things happen. First, you're going to take 6 necrotic damage. And your maximum hit points are reduced by six until you finish a long rest. So your max HP goes down by the amount you took, which was six. Oh, wait, you're resistant. You're you're resistant, actually. I forgot, because you're resistant to all damage because of the Raven Queen stuff. So you took three necrotic damage, which means you only your max HP was only reduced by three temporarily. That is correct, and uh, that's necrotic damage. You correct. Said? Um, I have necrotic resistance as well. Does I mean, you're already re- you're already you're already resistant, so there's no stacking of resistances. You're either. Like, yeah, I didn't think so. It's like an, it's like advantage. You can't really right for that. Yeah. Nope. Okay. And then I'm just going to note that is uh, negative three on my temporary hit points on the shield. Yep. And then following up that. Uh, attempt to drain your life, there will be two longsword attacks made by, you know, one um, for each of them. Uh, 11 will not, a 21 will for 7 slashing damage. There are, because of the way that these squares are arranged, we actually have two adjacent to Hondo, so there's only three in the back ranks. So the one that uh, Malek 
failed to fire a guiding bolt at will attempt to um, do the same thing. Green hand. Is that, is that is that a disadvantage because I'm invisible? Oh, yeah, right. They can't see you. Um, <laughs> so in that case, actually, hold on. The one that's directly in front of you, Hondo, attempts to move forward and bumps into something. Mm-hmm. And, ten- and tries to slash at it with disadvantage twice. Uh, 12 and a 14 will not do it. Nope. The other one sees something swinging wildly there and will do the same thing. And, yep, a 12 and a 13 will not do it either. Nope. So, yeah, because they're just swinging at the air, pretty much. The three in the back will all train their long bows on Malek. You bastards! Nat one. Uh. A, 20, a 23. And a 21. So the nat one fires into the back of the head of the one that you tried to hit with your guiding bolt. And that does four piercing damage to that, but you can see that it uh, resists some of that damage because this is non-magical. And um, the 23 does hit you, Malek? Or not? Yes. Okay, for five piercing damage. And that's going to be all of them. All seven of them. So, Malek, we're back to your turn. You just had a barrage of arrows shot at you. There's a a fella at the water's edge straight in front of me, about 40 feet. And Malek is going to uh, raise his weapon. And it's it's kind of like a spike. It's like a three-foot-long handle with a big spear blade at the end. Uh, but he's going to cast uh, with a word, Inferno! And a sacred flame is going to strike down uh, this foe in front of him about 40 feet away. So, yeah, it needs to make a save, correct? Dexterity? Saving throw. So yeah, Phil, if you actually click on the spell. Oh, okay. But just, just the word. Yeah, I got it there. Okay, so it has to make a DC seventeen dexterity save or take. It looks like since it already rolled for you, eleven radiant damage. Damn. Okay. So it tries to save with a thirteen. It fails, so it takes eleven radiant damage and takes all of that beautiful radiant damage. Um, as a uh, bonus action. I would like to cast, let's see here, Shield of Faith. And he's going to be casting it on uh, the Sir of the group. (laughs) (laughs) Up to 10 minutes, I'm going to concentrate, and it'll give you a plus two bonus to the AC. Oh, nice. Okay, so so Sudalemurk, your AC is increased by two for the next 10 minutes, as long as he is able to maintain concentration. And I suppose as a move, I'm going to actually stretch out even further just to try and get a line of sight at some of these other guys. So yeah, you can. So strafing to my right, I'm kind of working along the water's edge. Yeah, so you're moving another five feet just to kind of give a better, get a better angle. That looks good to me. Great. Uh, Sir Rook, we are now on to your turn. Kind of cold is a real bang for my buck spell if I can get this thing off. So I feel like that's going to be the play and that's what we're going to use my action on and i feel like i should be able to get a reasonable cone where i can get all seven of them and just barely miss uh miss the, yeah uh, i'll say you i'll say I'll, I'll say you could definitely do that for sure all right so that would definitely be what we're trying to do so yeah this blast of 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 just cold air 
just erupts from you. Yeah. With well, it looks like they're making a whole bunch of constitution saves. Sword, yes. Nice. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, only two, let's see, 15, sorry, three of them pass, and the rest fail. So you got more than half. I mean, they all take some damage, it looks like. So go ahead and roll that. Oh, it looks like there it is. What, what kind of damage are we looking at? Well, you can ignore the necrotic on there, but it takes on that 8d8. It, they take 34 cold damage. And then half for the ones that passed? Uh, yes, that would be 17 for the successful. It looks like that damage does go through. So you have uh, deleted two of them. They are the one direct. The one direct. The one. The two of the, the two that were attacking you are absolutely frozen solid, and dead. Yes, they are. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. I mean, the rest of them are still standing, but a lot of them don't look very good. There and... we go. At least I can get some efficiency out of that spell slot. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, good. Well done. You still have a bonus action. Yes, and while I can't use a spell, I could use an ability, so I will, um, we're going to put Hexblade's Curse on the, uh, furthest one back. That target is cursed for one minute, uh, curse ends early if the target dies, and, uh, until the curse ends, you gain the following benefits. Uh, let's see. I gain a bonus to damage rolls, um, to my proficiency bonus, any attack roll I make is a crit on a 19 or 20, and if the target dies, I regain hit points equal to Warlock level plus Charisma modifier. Oh, fantastic. Okay. And I think you're able to move this, right, if it dies? Uh, this one does not have that provision in it, no. Got it. Okay, cool. But it is now, yeah, it's got the it's got the curse of your, you know, the hex blade on it. It has now yes, been cursed. Does. Okay, and, uh, fantastic. Uh, yep, that'll be the end of my action economy, and I'm just going to park it right where I am. Ship. Hondo, you now appear again in front of now uh, only five of these undead creatures. Yep. Uh, Hondo intends to attack the one in front of him twice and the one to the right of him once. Sounds good. The first two... Uh, 23 and a 16 against the one in front of him. They both hit. And that is a total of 19 slashing damage. Yeah, it's uh, looking pretty crappy, but it's still alive. And then the last attack is a 21 to the one on my that right. the other one. Yep. And that is nine slashing damage. Okay, yeah, those... Uh, or some beautiful attacks. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Well, let me just... Okay. Yeah, no. We can leave it at that for now. Um, well done, Yahondo. Just, I mean, effortlessly striking these undead creatures, just like like he was born to wield a great sword. It's a pretty great sword. Yeah. Great. Uh, Rovin, it's not your turn. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so you just watch two of these things get frozen solid. Yep. Super cool. Uh, I'm going to attack the one in front of Hondo. Okay. With my hand crossbow. Cool. Uh, so a 28. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hits. So it <laughs> takes six piercing damage. Now, is this a plus one hand crossbow? Is it a magical one? No. Okay. So it takes uh, it takes half of that. And uh, I am going to... Oh, wait, wait, roll your sneak attack on that as well, please. Uh, but you are undead, and that doesn't count because you don't have vitals. Oh, wait. Sneak attack does not apply to undead? It does not. Um, what? I have to know. I have I to be like aware of their old edition. I'm not sure they think so. Yeah, it, it, it does not matter. It's just a foe. Oh, really? Yeah, you're fine, man. Roll that sneak attack. I always thought. Okay. So since, right. since you already rolled the since you already rolled the damage on the thing, so just roll me six d six. Uh, okay, got it. Oops. So if you click on the advanced dice roller, you should be able yep. to... Yeah. Hang on. Uh, how do I get to six, though? So again, uh, when you mouse over that die, at the bottom it says advanced dice roller. Click on that. And then where it says advanced roll... Oh, I see it. You, type, mm -hmm. you put roll six, and then drop that down to D6, and then hit roll. Oops. Sorry. Okay, I got it. Nineteen and nineteen sneak attack damage. Yeah, even if that was halved, um, it is it is absolutely dead. All right, cool. Uh, again, <laughs> it's always, it, is, it's, it is it is it's always fun. This it is, is un undead. Yeah, what does it look like when you kill it? Uh, so I um, he doesn't even see me um, because I can stay obscured uh, behind um, Sir Rook there, and so the arrow just kind of like. It's almost like uh, it goes underneath uh, Rook's arm, and the arrow shoots out and uh, sticks right into like the the darkness of his eyes. Nice, perfect, yeah, and it's it's, it's gone. He's gone. Beautiful. Okay. Anything else? Now I have a quick question. Uh, yeah. So if so, I've taken an action, but I haven't moved. Can I hold my move? No. You have okay, to I didn't think so. Turn. Yeah, good question. Good question. Um, we don't think yeah, because really I was before. just I was curious because I'm still obscure, so I, I I don't have to hide again or disengage at all. So I was just trying to think of what I could use. So the move would be the only other action I could do, and I don't want to move. So all right, I'm good. Okay, uh, we are back to their turn, and they are much fewer in number. Um, the one behind the one that. Uh, Ro uh, Rovin just killed. Will now advance onto Hondo. They all seem to advance a another step forward for those, you know, for the spaces that were freed up. And you will see now two of them attempt to outstretch their green hands. Green, green hands. hands. Uh, two at Sir Rook. An eleven won't do it, but a net twenty certainly will. You're going to take twelve necrotic from that. I'll take six necrotic. Mm -hmm. And you will also make a constitution saving throw, please. Now my con save comes up an 18. 
you have passed, and then it all, they also make a long sword attack on you each, but both miss, and the other one, actually one of them, it nat once. And you see it actually uh, drop its long sword in front of you. Mishandles it. The other two will do the same to Hondo. 15 won't do it. 17 won't do it on the life drain attack. Right? You have nope. definitely more than 17 AC, but a 21 on the longsword attacks, both of them, mm-hmm. I think, will. So that's going to be a total of 18 slashing damage. All right. And we are on to Malek. Yeah, I wanted to... I guess I can still... I can see, like, the three of those guys, but I think uh, we'll do... We'll do another Sacred Flame on uh, the guy on the outside, around the shoulders of Rovin and, and Sir Rook. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, it has to make a deck save, I believe. And it fails. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, this, this, this pillar of, you know, Sacred Flame. Ooh, wow. Inferno, you will take... Was it 18? Oh, yeah. Uh, it Solid is, 18. It radiant is, damage. It is reduced to radiant ash. <laughs> Beautiful. Anything else on your turn, Malek? Um, I suppose I can move a bit closer. Malek's going to move a little bit further south and then across the bridge. Sounds good. And, well, he wants to, he wants to shout out to the guys ahead. Uh, you're doing fine job. You will work well. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Speaking of working well, Sir Dellum Rook, what kind of work are you doing now? Um, well, I've been debating because I have the efficient move, which is, you know, oh, this is this combat is stabilized. We're just going to, you know, see it out with attacks versus the uh, bullshit power move. And I've decided to go with the bullshit power move. So, um, of course, I love that. We'll start off as a bonus action using my Relentless Hex to teleport um, to uh, unoccupied space within five feet of a target cursed by my Hex spell or my Hex spell or a feature like Hexblade's curse. So I will teleport yes. right next to this guy here. Yeah, right next to the the one behind the one attacking you, because um, that's the one that you cursed. Yes, yeah, absolutely. This one You've here done that. is bad for radio. So yes, I am teleporting ten feet forward and five feet to the right to um, get just to the right of, um, behind the one attacking me and to the right of the one who was in the furthest back rank that moved his way forward. Yes, you absolutely do that. And then what we're going to do as my action is uh, we are going to cast Thunderstep at level five. Oh, shit. Right, because that's all you can cast it at. Yes, and that does, uh, let's see, teleport yourself to an unoccupied space you can see within range, which I'm going to teleport myself back to my origin. (laughs) Okay. Immediately after you disappear, a thunderous boom sounds, and each creature within 10 feet of the space you left must make a con saving throw, taking 3d10 thunder damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Which includes three there, but not Hondo. Let's see. Oh, yeah, no, that's good. And if so, then I'll walk the couple of feet necessary in the middle there to make sure it doesn't hit Hondo, but gets the three of them. I think that 
Mm. No matter which way you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if Hondo must get hit, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Yes, we're gonna we we are <laughs> going to include Hondo in that uh, in that effect. So, uh, Hondo, also make a Constitution save, please, and I will make three of those myself. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. So a six fails, but then two net twenties definitely pass. I got a twenty-six. Looks like your first roll was an eight, buddy. Okay, so yeah, I clicked the wrong. I clicked the wrong one. I did. Oh yeah, I you did. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Hondo and two of these creatures pass. Okay. Good. So let's see. Maybe I can cast it from my core page. Um, I think you have to manually roll the damage on this. Oh, all so right. Three... So it's just going to be 5d10. Yep. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so 28 thunder damage or 14 for the passers. Um, so the, the one that you had cursed and the one to the south of it attacking Hondo have both been absolutely annihilated by this thunderous step. And the other one who you were originally, <laughs> who was originally attacking you, is now within an inch of its own life. That was a superpower move and really cool. <laughs> and I loved that, that, that whole series of actions <laughs> there. Just, um, I think I probably shouldn't have used the spell slot, but I couldn't have not used the spell slot. You're a warlock. Short rest gets him back anyways. So yeah, beautiful. Anything else on your turn, Sir Rooker? I think that seems to be your whole action economy there. Um, I technically have my move, but I'm going to eschew my move because um, I'll just stand my ground here. I mean, I'm wonderful. That was a one, that was a beautifully effective turn, and now we move to Hondo to hopefully finish this off. As there is now only one horrid undead creature staring you down, and it looks absolutely terrible. Twenty-two, seventeen, and seventeen. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I mean, just describe how you absolutely beat this into a pulp. 13 <laughs> because I reduced it to zero again just absolutely making pudding of this undead creature yep it is now pudding and then as a bonus action I'm going to use my second wind wonderful regain that HP oh yeah might as well use it while you've got the economy to use it okay I got 7 health back from that plus 12 that's 19 okay I got 19 health back Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we are now out of initiative. That was very impressive. Yep. You guys are now able to continue beyond the frozen icicles that remain of the other two undead creatures and the uh, corpses of what you just slain. Outside of economy, uh, Sir Rook will uh, use... Uh, harbinger to push the um, the statue closest to the water into the water. Into the river sticks? Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying it, to clean up after myself. It, it falls right in. You see that the ice immediately melts. The corpse uh, uh, almost like, decomposes instantly. And only ashes float down the river. I see you have a flair for your craft. Um, yeah, so now what you guys are looking at, again, the river is to your north. Um, you can kind of see that, it, you know, 
right to your north, you can see where it splits, uh, where like these inlets are rushing in from the south and from the um, northeast, and they are all flowing to the west. Um, to the west, you can kind of barely make out because again, this 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 river is kind of glowing a dim light, uh, dim blue light. That uh, there's another bridge. Um, if you continue down the shore, and there's also a a hall directly ahead of you. Again, like 10-foot wide hallway with a passageway that opens up to the south, and then directly ahead, it continues on. Um, Malek knows this place very well. He's going to go up to the first intersection. To the to the, to the the bridge, I guess. Uh, the second intersection yep. there. So he's turning in and just looking... Um, seeing the rubble and seeing the focus like he feels like following the river is the direction he wants to head towards yeah you west. notice now though to, to the west um like in this hallway there's a lot of collapsed rubble now this used to be a solid wall saruk that had like a fountain and you know it was kind of there for holy water and for you to you know kind of cleanse yourself after you know a number of rituals that has that wall has actually been completely destroyed um and um, what, there was a cavern behind it, but now it looks like the, 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 the cavern ceiling has actually collapsed and closed that, that gap. And then, yeah, to the north is the bridge, and um, it's where you know to be um, like an old, an old underground temple that was dedicated to Kelimvor. Oh, we, we go this way. No, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So Sir Rook is going to keep pace on this walk with uh, with Melek there. And uh, respond to his earlier comment when he said uh, that uh, you have a flair for this. Sir Rook is going to assume it's him, even if uh, he said it about the group. And respond just more or less with, Well, we've had a long time to develop our craft here. A lot of years with not a lot to do. My craft was specialized in sending them to where they belong, but it was solitary. I have not encountered anyone like you for many years. It's not surprising. Of our order, we seldom encounter each other in the field very often either. Well, it is reassuring to have backup for once. Oh, now kiss. Now, Roven's bored of this. Cross the bridge. He goes across the bridge. <laughs> yes, it's a very romantic stroll and all that. As you're approaching the the entrance to what you know, what is this temple? A lot of rubble appears to be covering where the door used to be, as it appears to have been absolutely just smashed down, and some of the cavern above has collapsed in with it, as you know, some of the supports were were missing. So there's only really a small gap to the to the right um, where you're actually able to squeeze through and get in. You can see a uh, a faint. Um, you can see actually a greenish glow coming from the room beyond, as well as greenish glow, as well as a bluish glow. Bluish glow. Um, Hondo would like to do an insight onto whether or not this was broken recently. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. Twenty-two. Yes, 
it uh, it definitely was broken recently. And uh, if, even just asking Malek, he could tell you that it was not like this when he uh, last saw it. Well, who knows how long Malek has been in that sarcophagus. So. Yeah, perhaps whoever knocked me out uh, came down here and destroyed this temple. We should investigate. Um, Rovin, Rovin can easily get through this, right? You all can. It's just going to take a little effort. It's like, oh, you know, okay. like very difficult terrain to kind of get through and in. Hmm. I'm going to assume that I'm going to have the easiest time with this, so I'm going to go first. Okay. Rovin, Rovin leads the way. Okay. Rovin, you, I'm going to move you myself. You okay. enter into the room. You see a couple things here. On the floor, there appears to be the depiction of what appear to be scales um, and that are being held up by a hand, but it appears that someone has modified this symbol on the floor so that um, the hand holding the scales appears to be a grotesque, zombified hand with a single eye in the center on the top of the hand. And this, inside the scales are these glowing balls of green light. Green, green light. light! Green light! And also, fuck this guy. Malek, as you start to make your way in, you see that the uh, symbol of Kelimvor that used to be on the ground here, which was a, you know usually a skeletal hand holding up a pair of balanced scales, has been absolutely desecrated and replaced by the symbolism of Vecna. This is an atrocity. This will not stand. We must fix this and remedy it immediately. Yeah, and then directly head to the north, um, above and to the top of a set of stairs. Uh, Malek, this would normally lead into uh, the, the main temple chamber. It has been absolutely and completely blocked off by what appears to be a um, opaque wall, a blue wall of just like force and magic. Something is not right. Whoever is here is probably still here. Yep, and on the... Uh, Eastern wall, there's also a door. I would like to investigate for something to, like a, a trap or something that might be like part of any of this. Um, yeah, worry. What, what do you What do you want to inspect specifically? Uh, I'm I'm gonna specifically inspect the the symbol on the floor. Sure. Oh, ha! <laughs> Thirteen. Um doesn't appear like there's any traps or mechanisms, but it does look like someone has used magic to pervert the holy this, this holy symbol. Okay. Uh, Malek has a little bit of maybe intuition as far as what the symbol has meant to him and how they have desecrated it, how they have turned it into uh, something that I even recognize from a creature yeah. like Vecna. Yeah, it is a perverse symbol of, of, of desecrated evil. Um, he is pretty sure. Do I have knowledge of this place? I mean, have I tra traversed yes. here before? Yes, yes. You've performed, you've, you've said many a prayer and performed many a ritual and ceremony here. So I know the main temple is to the north, uh, this uh -huh. hallway to the east. Um, you um, know that that leads to a, uh, a, a a basin of holy water. I am thinking I want to at least try to obtain some of the holy water, inspect there, and perhaps I can remove some of this uh, 
desecration that's occurred by essentially using that substance as an agent to purify and remove any sort of Sure, uh, but you try to you try the door that would normally be unlocked to get in there, and it is sealed. Um, there's no handle or keyhole, only a circular depression in the center. <laughs> hmm. The plot thickens. Circular depressions. This has never been locked, Malek. You don't even have a key for this because it's there was you never there was never even a mechanism to lock this. As far as the design on the floor, um, looking like there's an eye in the center, can I deduce anything as um, whether or not something was simply carved away or possibly added to the insignia? I mean, you know that the skeletal hand was replaced with the hand of a symbol of Vecna, which is, again, like that zombified hand with the the eye, his eye in the center. Mm -hmm. Um, And magic was used to essentially uh, pervert and desecrate this holy symbol. So I feel like I want to ask, is a zombified hand more or less skeletal than a skeletal hand? Technically less, right? I mean, I think it's... Yeah, it's got, it's got fact, flesh, right? I mean, or, or, ra- or rather, it is just as skeletal, it is just covered up with rotted flesh. <laughs> so does this... Um circular depression look the exact same as the other one that you, we used the coin on before? It looks very similar, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Aren't you glad you stole that coin from me? Sure. I mean, I don't know that Hondo... I don't know whether or not Hondo would give up the coin. That, that's what I'm kind of trying to decide. Is whether... He would uh, take the coin that he stole and sacrifice it. Of fucking course not, right? Because, like, why would he do anything for the benefit of the group? Yeah, I mean, technically it's his coin. (laughs) It's technically not your coin, but okay. Oh, it is. Possession is, uh... (laughs) Whatever. Whatever you say. Um, But he's not even going to mention the fact that it looks like the same contraption. It, though he recognizes that it does. And that it didn't open with any other method other than putting the coin in the slot. <laughs> I knew I should have prepared Zone of Truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, so Hondo, I'm sorry, what are you saying? You're saying you're not? He recognizes exactly how to open it, but he's not saying anything. He stole the, the coin from Rovin. And they've been going back and forth about this coin. He forced Rovin to use his coin last time, and that did work, but uh, he hasn't quite decided that he wants to give up his yet. Oh, you're the worst. I love Does, it. Uh, <laughs> it appears um, as if something can be used as a key to open this. Does anyone have something that may fit? Rovin's kind of going to potentially try to pickpocket Hondo. Well, hold on, Rovin. First, you have no idea that it's not even on you anymore, so I guess you'd have to check. To your knowledge, oh, yeah. you still have this. <laughs> so, okay. So, first things first, I do check. I don't have there. it. No, it's not there. And you're just, I, you're just I have shaking a pretty your fist in the air. 
Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion of where I think it might be. Based on the fact that I've seen him steal it from me once already. <laughs> Hondo is on the lookout for you this time. Okay. Yes, this is going to be um, an, act, an active perception check against his uh, sure. sleight of hand. Um, I'm going to... You guys are the worst people. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. Um so sleight of hand. Twenty-three. Alright, make that perception uh, check against on, perception. Why did wait, why did it roll twice though? Um because actually technically your roll was a ten, so it added three for twenty-three. Oh uh, right. Because I have plus thirteen. <laughs> um because Hondo really wants to keep this coin, I'm going to use um, my human determination. He is determined. Uh, no, didn't get better. Okay. <laughs> what a waste. Wow, you fucking yep. blew advantage to keep this away. Yeah, uh, Rovin, you are now yeah. in possession of the stolen back mysterious coin. So in my... Um, attempt to hopefully rectify slightly my in, uh, discrepancies or indiscretions, excuse me, indiscretions from earlier. Um, I, um, you, uh, um, Malak, Malik, Malak, uh, the, the coin, <laughs> this coin will fit in that hole. Please, please put it in the hole. And he reaches out his hand. The name is Malik. And Matt Malik, Matt Malik, retrieves the coin. Yeah. Um, he tries, you can call me Malik. That will be fine. (laughs) And and then he'll slide it into the uh, shape on the door. Yeah. I'm going to start calling you Slavic Thunder. (laughs) That accent. I I try. I try. (laughs) What does the tiefling sound like? It's uh, for interpretation. You can make it sound like whatever you want, Phil. It's your character. <laughs> so, yeah, you 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 put you press the coin into the opening. You see that there's almost like this magical beam of light that splits the door and splits the coin in half. And um, the doorway opens. And short hallway, probably about 30 feet long, and another door at the end. Uh, I would like to investigate since everything is completely different from the last time I was aware and worshipped here. Mm-hmm. Um, that possibly whoever sealed the door also possibly made some other ways to deter anyone else from entering this area. It seems like um, this is the course of action since he is really confounded by that blue wall of energy blocking the temple. Mm-hmm. He really thinks that the holy water uh, that's kept in here will assist him. That's good intuition. So, uh, investigation. Um, are you so are you investigating the other door? I'm assuming, or the hallway, or well, what are you investigating? At, at least the hallway to the other door. Sure, go for it. <laughs> Not good. I rolled a five out of six. Oh, okay. So, um, the hallway itself looks rather innocuous. Okay. Well, he will still proceed with caution. It looks like. It's okay, but uh, be careful. Yeah, I mean, moving slowly through the hall, um, nothing seems to be happening to you, bad or 
bad or good. You're just... He continues along. confidently, as if nothing is the matter, and then he's going to look at the next door. Sure. Uh, I'll let you make a check on the door, too. Okay, so Delamark follows about ten feet behind and on the other side of the hall. Sounds good. A twelve. Um, door actually looks unlocked. This, this door is a little bit more simple. It's actually a wooden and iron rotten door with a pull ring. No keyhole. Seems to be unlocked, but just closed. I will pull the door. You pull the door, and it opens. <laughs> First try, y'all. <laughs> However, in this room is a horrifying sight. Uh-oh. Because swirling and bubbling uh, in the water of this large, uh, say, like you know, like ten-foot diameter uh, water basin is this almost like inky black and dark blue like vaguely humanoid shape that is actually made out of, entirely out of the water and then corrupted in some way and it's just splashing there and you see it it just begins immediately um, making this horrible gurgling sound at you and that's what we're going to call this episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. Wow. Of course. Gurgling water monster. Yeah. Gurgle monster. So, hey, all of you out there in Radioland, if you like us, you can find us on the internet. We're on such places as Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes. We're on Facebook and Reddit. Just search for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Those beautiful and awesome places will really just have sticky posts that take you to our favorite place ever to hang out and talk and interact with you, our Discord server. It's got a wonderful community. We have so many different channels, so many different discussions happening, just sharing pictures of our animals or talking about just kind of how all this social distancing distancing stuff has affected us and i'm really just thankful that a lot of you have chosen to share your experiences with us i think it's uh helped to you know just relate and you know take some of that distance out of the social distancing stuff we are doing now um you know we encourage you to come in join our community and just uh chat with us you know i promise we aren't uh, terrible people <laughs> in real life most <laughs> Now, if you really like us, you can leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice, or actually on Facebook as well, sort of like this person did. And again, I'm an idiot, and this is another one from 2019 that I didn't even see until, like, tonight. And this comes from Samantha. And uh, now this is back in October, and she says, I'm only on episode 33, but I've been loving it. My fiance wanted us to play, and since I've never played before, I figured I'd better learn. And my God, you started listening to us, Samantha? Jesus. <laughs> A wise choice. You know, we're not yeah. responsible for how stunted your growth is. <laughs> she, she, she said she started listening to our podcast on Spotify at work, and she's like, I hate having to pause to talk to my coworkers. The stories and plots Ooh. have been interesting. Hopefully... <laughs> She's like, hopefully some of my questions and theories will be answered in later episodes. Really sorry if we disappointed you, Samantha. <laughs> I feel like I have a few more weeks to go to catch up. Well, if you have caught up by now, Samantha, um, we thank you for your kind words. We hope
hope that we were able to answer as many questions for you as possible, but we're not professionals, if you couldn't he, tell by now. And you know what the uh, best thing is? Is that she doesn't actually have to talk to her coworkers anymore. Right. That's true. <laughs> so I all, mean, I all guess, she's probably doing is listening to us. I guess that's a silver lining, question mark? Um, well, again, We hope thank so you. for you, Samantha. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a five-star human, Samantha. We uh, yeah, really five stars talking to us. Now, if you really, really like us, you can donate to our Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/HapplessHeroes. We have a lot of amazing, fun, super cool rewards on there: bloopers, behind-the-scenes audio, special Discord roles, secret channels, all of that fun stuff can be had for just a small donation. We've had a few people, you know, several people now donate to us and help help us sustain the show, pay our hosting costs, you know, help replace crappy equipment, all of that. I mean, all of every penny that I've gotten from here has just gone back into either reimbursing stuff that we've, you know, spent like all the ridiculously expensive audio equipment that we've upgraded to, right? Or it's so nice. Yeah, or just like um, even like, you know, saving it up for in case like one of these microphones inevitably shits the bed because technology am i right so one time we had a pizza yeah. party one time literally one, <laughs> one time. time and then i was like you know Only what it's one. probably better if we have an emergency fund so i no, again no the pizza is better the pizza is way better okay maybe we'll have another pizza party <laughs> when this is all over oh that would be nice responsible adult right right pizza but yeah again thank you all for your donations uh again it's patreon.com check it out and if you love us really like us like us like us sally field and the whole deal uh find yourself a magic school bus that can shrink you down to a molecular size uh arm yourself with um a whole bunch of i don't know weapons antivirals whatever and uh shrink down and uh, absolutely annihilate the coronavirus until it is nothing but uh, a memory please and then come back and uh, you know tell us a, a whimsical story about your adventures uh, in the magic school bus <laughs> yeah that so was that one of the this. best episodes too <laughs> <laughs> so, so without further ado I'm going to go ahead and outro this beautiful wonderful amazing cast of characters that I call my friends Reluctantly, I mean, I mean, uh, wow. enthusiastically, enthusiastically. Uh, sorry, I got my adge- my adjectives or adverbs mixed up there. Adverbs, uh, yeah. uh, starting on the portraits arranged from my right, we have Phil as Malik. This looks like a twisted sister, and we are not going to take it. <laughs> Dave as Sir Delam Rook. Not even going to try to top that. <laughs> John is Hondo the Immortal. Was that my coin? And then Mike is Rovin Tospa. As long as I can hide behind one of you. And I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. Our dramatic adventure continues next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Go